Welcome to In It for the Long Run, the podcast where we talk about the things we learn when we commit to long-term journeys. My name is Claudia Fromanchik. I'm here in Seattle, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tranos McCombe. How are you doing out there in Chicago? I am chilling, Claudia. How's it going with you? It's good. This is a, a bittersweet episode, I think, um, for our first series, uh, along with talking to individuals about their own long-term journeys that they've had and hearing about their experiences. Trenos and I undertook our own, which was running our first marathon. And Trenos, how did it go? Did you cross the finish line? I think it's safe to say your boy crossed the finish line. I, I made it all the way to the end. Honestly, so, so pleased with achieving that goal that apparently 1% of people or something have done. So super glad to be finally part of the 1%, the cool 1%. Claudia, how, how about you? Did you manage to, to make it all the way? Yes, you know the answer to that. We both managed to make it across the finish line. No one was more shocked than myself, actually. I was having a lot of doubts before this race. So so today, I guess we're going to talk a little bit about our experience during the run and maybe some, I don't know, future goals or future thoughts or, you know, the big takeaways that we took from, from this whole experience and talking with individuals as well as um, completing this milestone for us. Yes, absolutely. I'm excited to get into it. We can probably kick off with just maybe our, our initial thoughts on the race and, and how everything went. I think that the most difficult part of the race for me was that last 10 miles. As I mentioned in the previous episode, I have only ever run up, up to about 20 miles. And what surprised me is I think after talking to you, Claudia, you said your brothers run marathons and you said that you really have to pump up your self-motivation in those last couple of miles because that's the one, those are the ones that will slow you down. And I don't think I had quite prepared for that just as yet. So I'd say those last couple of miles were tricky because I, miles were tricky because I slowed myself down a bit. However, I, I came in with a time that I'm still proud of. Yeah, no, no notes. I think if I were to do another marathon, I now at least have a time to beat. But coming into the first one, there's no strong expectations. Honestly, can't be too upset. Like you said, crossing the finish line, that's that's kind of the, the big goal of it. Yeah, and I want to take a step back before actual race day, because there's a couple interesting things that happened to me. And then there was this really interesting shift that happened on the actual morning of, of race day. So... I'm from Seattle, Tranos, you, you were coming from Chicago, and we were flying in to Las Vegas and then taking a bus out to St. George, Utah for this run. And I, I flew in really early Friday morning and unfortunately couldn't get the day off, so I'd been working from a little office space inside the airport and ended up being an incredibly challenging day at work and I missed several buses and I think the only reason I actually got to St. George, Utah was one, Tranos told me it was ridiculous to book a flight back home and <laughs> two, he was calling the bus agency to get my tickets moved constantly because it kept getting pushed out and so I ended up getting to St. George 
at around was it 10 o'clock Tredos, that i came i think so yeah pretty after like dinner time so like the, at night 10, 10 o'clock sounds about right yeah and we and we chatted a little bit about kind of where we were at going where our heads were at going into the race that night which i, I think we had that recording somewhere but something shifted when i woke up that morning at like 4 a.m i hadn't slept that much but for some reason i felt like weirdly like very calm and very like certain like yeah of course like this is what we're doing today and it was a really interesting shift that i can't even quite explain because i don't know how to like explain how anxious it was and how much doubt i had and i think tranos is like yep uh, she was talking her off with like but the morning of it was like it that completely vanished and i know that i left for the run a little bit earlier than you did given an earlier bus time to get shuttled over there to the start but it's really interesting like a really lovely conversation with a woman on the bus ride it went super quick we talked about community and how that supports mental health which you know i don't know why we're having such a deep conversation that early in the morning and then we get to the start line and it was quite interesting. I, I'm curious what your first impression of it was and also why I didn't research this more, but it's pretty cold up where we start. Like, I don't know if, like, are we at like at a canyon? Like, are we at a ridge? Like, I didn't quite understand. Anyway. I don't know. Yeah. We were at a higher, yeah. Yeah. We were at higher elevation. It was very cold and they had these bonfires going and people were like surrounding them. It was it was quite the scene when you're like coming into this. It's not exactly what I had anticipated. Yeah, that was jarring. I'm not going to lie. Because you were waking up at like literally what, six? No, not six, because we had to be there by six. So we were waking up maybe like 4.30-ish. And at that point, Claudia and I are a little more disoriented. You're just kind of going with the motions to get to where you need to be. And so getting there... It's also interesting to see the very, very different types of people that are at that starting line. You have like, you know, older folks that you're probably going to take it easy. Uh, lots and lots of college kids. So like energy out the wazoo and you don't really know how to feel because there's so many different people from so many walks of life. And there are people grabbing hot chocolate. There's people doing their own little rituals, sitting around fires. So I think Claudia and I were talking about how post-apocalyptic really that it looked because uh, you just have this mesh of people um, in the dark surrounding fires and grabbing food and essentials and running to, 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 to relieve themselves. But I think, yeah, I didn't really know what to think at that point. But yeah, your mental shift, I have to say, kind of circling back onto that was, was quite one to see because I think the day before is a little disorienting. And then the morning, to be honest, even though we were hanging out, I don't think we really talked much about the race, funny enough. We were just kind of goofing off taking pictures and selfies and, you know, just, I guess, waiting for that starting line. And then towards the end of that, we kind of separated to our various spots, depending on how um, we wanted to finish our finish time. And so that's when I kind of took off and went to ahead and like left you in your own section what was what was running through your head in those moments where where was your head at when when you left me 
Yeah. Why am I doing this by myself? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, I mean, you mentioned it looked post-apocalyptic, but the energy was not the case. Like, it was very good energy at the starting line. Yeah, I think I found, like, a little spot. Uh, I got rid of my little, like, safety blanket thing that they gave us. And I... I, I think I kind of like wished I knew somebody because there was like so many groups of friends that were like they were gonna run it together and I was like oh, I have no one to run it with so I was kind of like eyeing somebody that like maybe I could like use as a marker to follow yeah. <laughs> eventually and I popped my ear pods in but then they had that like drone show so it was kind of cool they had this like drone show that lit up the sky a little bit and they were making some shapes and designs and like the logo of the St. George marathon. And then eventually they did the countdown. So there was like these numbers in the sky, like three, two, one. Yeah. So, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I was just trying to stay, I was trying to stretch a little bit. I was just trying to get ready and stay warm. Cause as we mentioned, it was a bit chilly and then we just kind of went off and I just reminded myself to, uh, just stay calm and like not get too excited at the beginning of a race you can have so much energy you just want to like shoot off and I just remind myself like we're gonna start slow you know this is the I just broke my hip like speed like we're gonna chill and ease into this and yeah I think it, I think it went I think it went well before we get too far into this race Chernos, I think we need to play a little bit of a game I'd love that yeah so we're gonna do that's a stretch but a slightly different version so we're gonna say our two truths and a lie specifically about events or thoughts that we had during the race Ooh. and Trinos and I haven't even though it's been a couple weeks since we've had this race we haven't debriefed a ton so I think that we'll probably have something to share uh, with each other that we won't know so Trinos I challenged you do you want me to go first or do you want to go first I think you can you can give me your your three first, and I'll I'll take a stab at it. Okay, so let's see. I'm look. I wrote these down because Trenos knows me pretty well, so it's always <laughs> hard to always hard to fool him. Okay, so at some point in the race, I actually witnessed somebody cramp up so significantly that they fell, and I had to help them up uh, during the race pretty far into the race and okay that's that's one number two is so i was carrying my phone and like listening to music but there was a few times that it just started malfunctioning and music was really important to me during the run and having like my little um i had like the nike run playing as well um and it was pretty important me to have that to stay motivated but a few times my phone started malfunctioning and so the mileage on my nike run got messed up and i wasn't able to listen to music for like over a mile like several miles so that was kind of frustrating and then at one point during the race i ended up calling my partner adriel and he did not answer several times, but eventually he did answer and was able to like help me talk through, especially at like mile 19. Yeah, those are my two truths and a lie. Okay. Hmm. I feel I'm pretty confident that you had chats with Adriel for sure. 
So I'm gonna lock that one in as a truth and narrow it down to the other two. I'm gonna say the first one is the lie because I also, it sounds like something that would be likely to happen is a music malfunction while you're trying to, to run and especially with the whole uh, messing up your time as well because that actually happens to me as well. But yeah, I'm gonna say the first one is the lie. Is that the person falling? Yeah, the person falling that you helped out. No, that actually happened. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. okay. Good Samaritan. Okay, tell the story what happened. I think this was pretty late into the race. I want to say it was like mile 22. This guy like just completely cramped up and he just collapsed. And like literally like, I, don't, I can't believe I didn't tell you this face forward just like i just you know there were so many things that happened at the end of the race i was so exhausted i honestly right. forgot and i yeah. started thinking about now yeah he like face forward just like went into the concrete so i went over there i was helping him out i gave him well we're gonna do what's in your backpack so you'll know but i gave him some kt tape which i don't think really helped him because he I don't know, wasn't able to like stay on his knee, but he was having some like IT band issues and was cramping up, but he like refused to give up. He just like stood and his leg was like locked, like he wasn't really bending it. And he was kind of just like doing this little dance of a run. And I felt really bad for him, but I ended up continuing because I was like, do you need help to go? Because we had just passed an aid station. I was like, do you want me to help you to go back to the aid station? He was very determined to continue. So I, you know, I didn't know him that well. So I didn't want to like push him one way or the other, but I did stay with him for a little bit. So that was, that was true. Uh, My phone did malfunction, which was really frustrating because I had like that Nike run club, like a pre marathon run. So he was like giving me advice, like based on certain sections and like, it just kept getting messed up. And so even though I was on mile like 17, he was on mile 15 and I was like, this isn't helpful anymore. So I never got to the end of that like Nike run and I lost my music for a while. So that was pretty annoying. Oh, no. uh, I, at the time my phone was all cracked up, but, and then I did call Adriel during the race and we did chat, but he answered the first time. Oh, so sweet. Like, okay. I kind of <laughs> shout out to Adriel for answering <laughs> when he, when he knows his fiance's running. Okay. That one that one threw me off. Okay. He never, he never missed a call. <laughs> he never missed a call. I called him multiple times and each time he answered right away. So he did better. let's let's do the math on this too, because race was what, like about seven to ten. So he's up uh two hours earlier in in Seattle to to be there to talk you through this. Yeah, I think the first time I called him was around mile 13 was the first time Mm -hmm. and then i called him again at mile 19 then i called him again at mile 22 (laughs) (laughs) a champ no that's that's very sweet and yeah i have to say my my watch also got thrown off um so i did have tech issues to help assess how well i was doing so i totally feel you on that however mine was only due to my my bathroom break and so when I was stationary, I think my watch was just like, are you moving? Are you running? You're not running. And decided to just stop timing and that threw off the distance and time completely. Oh. Um, but no, it's fine. Okay, so for my two truths and a lie, I have part of my pre-race meal was actually part of a Costco hot dog. So that was the morning before the race. 
And my second statement is I chafed for the first time on the actual marathon itself, but never during training. And my third one is I ran with a man who was on his 88th marathon. Okay. So based off the few things I know about your marathon, I know that you did say you didn't chafe because I talked about having Vaseline on you. And you said, I don't need that. So I know that that, at least during training, is true. I don't know if you chafe during it. I think, I think maybe not. I left before you, so I didn't see what you ate for breakfast, but I'm pretty shocked that you had a hot dog with you, so I'm, like, a little confused by this. Because it wasn't in the fridge. That means you ate, like, a warm hot dog. I'm concerned. <laughs> or your mom brought you something, but she wasn't awake. And you talked to a bunch of people during the marathon. You made, like, a bunch of friends on your run, which is not my experience. And so I feel like you probably would have known. Oh, I'm struggling. I don't know. What is this hot dog situation? I like, it's so like outlandish that I think that that's true. And I'm now I'm like wondering. Okay, I'm going to say the hot dog's a lie. No, dang it. You got me. That one is a lie. I threw that one out there. Because I knew you didn't know what I ate before the run. I was just like, I don't know. Maybe I had a Costco hot dog. Okay, good job. Yeah, you got it. The only reason I, I was like, that's so outlandish. I want to believe it. But we shared a hotel. And I remember opening the fridge because you had my dinner in there. And there was no hot dog. And you're like very particular. I don't think you would eat like meat that sat out for a while. <laughs> Not one that was like lying in my backpack for a day. Plus, so that's yeah. yeah that would have been concerning. Um, <laughs> Especially <laughs> before I run, I'd be like, "That's brave." Like, yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> but no, the other two are are in fact true. I chafed for the first time during the race. I had never chafed before, but no, my nipples got chafed, and that is also a little prequel to what's in my backpack. I was wearing a pin that scratched my. I scratched my chest, so you can still see the scar a little bit, but it scarred like pretty bad. And only in the next couple of days did I realize how bad that was. And the last yeah. one, yeah, it was, it was, I didn't feel painful during the race, but that's how chafing is, right? You only scar after. And uh, yeah, I was with a group of people that were pacing for a certain time. And so we ran a lot of the race together. And one of the pacers was a man who was running his 88th marathon by doing the St. George. So that one was also true. Wow. That's impressive. I think I am kind of envious of you in that. Like I finally caught up to the last pacing group, which was a four hour, 30 minute time. But then I had to go to the bathroom and it was a line and then I lost them and I never like caught up to them because there was no pacers that were slower than that. And I think it would have really helped to have, like, a group to run with. I couldn't agree more. Like, having people that you consistently, like, identify and see and not having to think twice about your pace was such a big relief for me. Not even in a sense of, you know, not like we're talking the whole time. It's not like I was super chatty, but you just kind of build this unspoken camaraderie. But that being said, yes, the Pacers did throw us a lot of dad jokes, and they're very um, wholesome. So that lightened things up, especially 
for the hills. They tried to distract us as much as they could from the difficult parts. Um, but yeah, for anyone running a future marathon, if there's pacers beforehand, uh, would 100% recommend. The thing with pacers is I feel like it's good if you don't necessarily start with them, but slowly ease into your run and then catch up to them. Mm. Um, because they're just kind of starting, they're doing the same pace the entire time. And I think it's like good to have that warm up. That's the only thing about pacing, but I, yeah. But yeah, I, w I wish I had had that. I did, um, even though my Nike club kind of malfunctioned on my phone, I did have my Garmin watch on. So I do mm. have like all my stats, which was kind of cool to look at after the run. That is kind of uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think my fastest mile, I did two miles at 9.30 pace, 9.27 pace, 9.26 pace. Those were the fastest. But I did walk like three and a half miles. So I lost some time there. So overall, I finished in about five hours. And then you finished a little bit sooner at like, what, four or something? Yeah. Yeah. Four, 4.35. So yeah, I I also have a lot of my stats. My watch also died. I guess it's never you know been able to trace for the full marathon before. So I do have like the initial bits of my stats, but I feel like I didn't really need to look too deeply into them. Like I was with my pacers up until mile eighteen, which was like I felt really good about it. But also kind of like what you're speaking about. I think when you have a lot of excitement for a race, you get overly ambitious. And I think that was the case for me. They were pacing for 350, which wasn't sustainable for me for an entire 26 miles. It was only sustainable for the first 18. And so I think that burnt a lot of my energy. So I was still able to finish at 435, but next time I think I'll be a little more, um, more realistic with where I'd want to pace. Yeah, what was the most surprising thing about the race or the most unexpected thing, do you think, for you? Just, yeah, just the end, just that last 10 miles. I, like, if a bear was chasing me, the bear would have dinner. Like, I <laughs> nothing could nothing could get me to move faster. And I think you and I discussed having different experiences with, like, you know, walking to rest but for me, there was no recharging. There was no getting fat. Like, I could not run better mm. than maybe, like, a 12, 13-mile pace. And in my head, when training, I was just like, oh, surely I can push myself to, like, burn out the last couple 10 miles at a reasonable pace. But, like, there was no – when my muscles were done, they were done. So that was, that's something that did surprise me quite a bit. Yeah, I was struggling towards the end, but kind of similar to like the switch flip in my attitude from the evening to the morning of. I don't know what happened to me, but I ran like at the last, the last like 0.3 miles, I ran at a 540 minute pace. So I didn't run the whole mile at that pace, but I was looking at my stats and I was like, wow, I was flying. And that was kind of a fun way to end the race. Uh, but they had some great recovery at the finish line. So we had like a little ice bath for our feet and a 15-minute massage. And I was just shocked that we I felt, and I think you felt pretty good too after the run. Like you were a bit sore initially when you were walking. But 
by like Sunday evening, because the race was on Saturday, by Sunday evening, we were like ready to go dance in Las Vegas. So we were, yeah. we were ready to go. So I, I feel I'm, that was like my worst fear was how am I going to feel after the run? And it ended up being great. And I, I think that's wonderful because it makes me think that this isn't just like a one-time thing like i'd be willing maybe in the future to to do some long distance running uh again. absolutely yeah no i'm i'm in the same vein i i completely agree i think in my mind during the race i was just picturing oh my gosh like the second i pass that finish i'm gonna pass out dramatically and people are gonna run to me with ice and water but like you pass the finish line and you're still able to walk and you're just like you know still functioning it's like oh like, it's not as uh, debilitating as you think it would be. And we even stood in line for, like, 30 minutes to get a massage. And, like, that within itself was, was impressive. But, yes, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you. I, of course, finished a little bit earlier and went to get a massage. But I came back because I was tracking Claudia's progress throughout the race. And I knew when she was finishing, passing the finish line. And so me and my mom and her husband were all at the finish line, ready to cheer her on as she's coming in. This girl could not have come in at a faster speed. Claudia from Magic was running so fast, she did not see us. <laughs> Headphones in, eyes on the prize. She zoomed right past us, straight through the finish line. She was, she can confirm uh, her speed was was very high. I do have a video of it, so perhaps if we have a, Instagram or TikTok, eventually I'll share it. However, yes, this was it was very impressive. That's funny. Yeah, I was I was ready to be to be done running. <laughs> that should take us into our next segment, before we know because we're already getting to the finish line, Trinos. And there's one thing we have to find out during the race: what was in your backpack? Ooh, I. I would love to go back to the first episode because uh, I think we did like a preemptive what's in our backpack. If I'm not mistaken, my backpack was sunscreen, water, and the Zimbabwean flag. That changed. <laughs> the only one that stuck was the Zimbabwean flag, funny enough. Oh, that's not actually true. They all changed because I only kept my flag after the race. I didn't have it with me during the race. The three things I ended up sticking with was... My AirPods, those were indispensable, like really nice listening to, you know, music and pumping myself up during the race. Also a good distraction. I had a OAU pin, um, which was just my dad's pin that I still have. So I just wanted something sentimental to have with me during the race. So I pinned that onto my chest. And as a callback, yes, that is what shaved my chest. And the third thing was my gel packs. I had those as sustenance for the race. I had been using them during training and they came pretty clutch during the race as well. I didn't have like a fanny pack or even a lot of space in my pocket. So in all fairness, there's not a lot I could have had with me. However, yeah, those that's what was that was in my backpack. What about you, Claudia? Well one follow up before I jump into my backpack. Um what song did what songs did you listen to in your AirPods? I think my two biggest pump up songs are, are "Heated" by Beyonce because it's just got this badass attitude <laughs> with it, and like no nonsense attitude. And 
Stole Princess Diana by Nicki Minaj and Ice Spice. That one is is ah any Nicki verse can just make me run to the moon. So yes, those those are the two go to tracks for me. I gotta make a, a good running playlist. And maybe I'll add this. Uh okay, my backpack. So I had as opposed to Turnus, I did carry a fanny pack that was actually quite large. And I, at one point, was like, why did I take so much stuff? <laughs> I, I get very nervous about, like, having first aid on me and, like, being ready. Because even though there's aid stations, like, sometimes it takes them a while or whatever. I don't know. So sure. I like to be, I like to have my safety on me. So I had in my backpack, or in my little fanny pack, I should say, I did have KT tape. I did have some band-aids. I did have some chafing cream. Uh, what else did I have in there? Uh, yeah, I just had some basic first aid. And then, so one so one was KT tape slash first aid. And then I had some some snacks, which I'm really glad we had snacks, or I did. I had these, like, honey stinger waffles that are really good and easy to just, like, cram down. And then some like little gum, like energy caffeine gummy bolt things. And I'm really glad I had those because even though there were aid stations and they obviously had water and Gatorade and they had like some fruit, like bananas and oranges. I just don't know if I could have eaten that because I didn't train with it. Um, there wasn't like any other snacks. I guess if I was hungry, like I probably would have grabbed that, but I was glad, I was glad to, uh, that I carried that because every six miles I made sure to take a little break and have a little snack and then continue. It kind of helped me break out my race. And then yes, having like my phone and my AirPods was super important for music purposes and the phone calls I made to Adriel were really like helpful. Cause I didn't have anyone to talk to in the race like I couldn't I was like looking for people that like oh, maybe I could be friends with and I like scouted a few people but then I lost them during my bathroom break and mm-hmm. after that like I just like didn't the people that I was surrounded with looked like they didn't want to talk like they looked tired <laughs> <laughs> and I just like couldn't I couldn't like make that connection so it was really helpful to have that little that person that could like talk through some support that was that was nice. Yeah, but I listened to a song called, for the first half, I listened to the same song. I don't know why. I found that very meditating. So I listened right. to a song called Cafe Deluxe by, I'm not sure I pronounce it, OC the Seventh. And then I listened to a couple other songs in the second half, but mostly, what did I listen to? I'm like looking back. I think I listened to that song, If We Ever Broke Up. Something like that. Yeah. Those are my songs. So they were a lot more like chill. I don't know why I found it meditative. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was good. Yeah. You listened to Coach Bennett as well now, or at least you had planned to? Oh, yeah. I had my. So I like can have the Nike Run Club app doing the marathon run with coach Bennett at the same time I can still have music. So then it goes back and forth between the talking. They're not talking the entire time. They like allow you to have your own space. I think like in between like my phone malfunctioning a few times. And then also when I was on the phone calls with Adriel, the Nike app wouldn't run. So it got like behind 
quite a few miles. And so it was really helpful in the beginning. And then I got kind of lost to like, why is it telling me to prepare for mile 15? We're at mile 20, baby. Like, <laughs> get behind, yeah. like catch up. Uh, and there's like kind of, you can't, I don't know, maybe there is like a way you can for fast forward it, but like I couldn't figure, I don't know. So yeah, it was helpful the first half and not so much the second, just because it got off, but. And would you, that's good. Would you, would you care to indulge uh, me and the audience? If this is too personal, feel free to, to defer, but what are, what are Adriel's words of encouragement? How, how, what was his method of keeping you going? Oh, I'm trying to remember. Not, no, that's not too personal. I'm just trying to remember. No, honestly, it was more like I called him and he was like, whoa, you're already at mile 13. That's crazy. I'm like, oh, you're doing great. And like, yeah, I don't think there was anything specific. I do think like the la one of the last times I called him was around mile 22. And we were just like talking about like, okay, just run if you if you walk this mile, like run two more miles. Mm. So like towards the end, I was calling him after I ran every two miles. And then I would have like some time to like recover. And I just got really motivated that I had like something to do. And after those two, after I get to like those two more miles, I have like something to do. I can like call my yeah. person. And I don't know why that was like very helpful. Cause when I would see the mile marker in the distance, they were like kind of shiny silvery balloons marking these mile markers. When I saw in the distance, I actually sped up to get there so I could make my phone call. Yeah. <laughs> so it's that was a clever like, game. Yeah. It, it was, it was kind of like helpful to have these like mini goals within this like much bigger goal of finishing. So, yeah, I don't know if he said anything specific, but just, I think he kind of calmed me down when I was like, oh, I'm cramping really bad. Like, is this normal? And he was like, that's normal. And I was like, okay, nothing weird is happening. Everything is normal. Keep going. Everything so, is fine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it just was like nice to have a distraction and like a little goal to like be able to like, oh, you're rewarded by like getting to call. No, oh, absolutely. No. Point. I totally get it. Yeah, everyone has those mini goals. My mini goals were just, or mini rewards, I should say, was the gel packs and was like, I would take breaks for listening to music too. So like when I have reached X miles, I'd be like, okay, you can listen to music again. Um, so yeah, those mini goals in the race are, are like super useful to have and just like little personal things, which is nice. And maybe, yeah, this is a good time to talk about what do you think your future of running is or your future in in general in regards to the race any other takeaways that you have from it what was this what was the entire journey like for you and how is this going to impact your next couple next couple years yeah it's interesting so for work we're in these little book clubs and we are reading this book called atomic habits which is all about building habits in your life to like make you better person or whatever <laughs> something like that but, but anyways it, in the beginning he gives this example and it's so interesting because I was like I'm gonna make sure that doesn't happen to me and I, I already see it happening <laughs> but basically it's like you know you have to be careful when you are developing habits like it's good to have an overarching goal but don't let that be like come like the end line and I think you know I was working out and I was like running and the goal was to like complete and successfully finish this marathon. 
and now that we're two weeks after this marathon, I have maybe run once and like, it wasn't that far and I've been pretty lazy <laughs> and I haven't worked out. And I think I kind of like miss having that driver, that motivation to like get out and like move. I think movement is so important. And for some reason, the past weeks, I fell into that trap of like, I, I think the goal should have been like, be like an athletic person or be a runner. It shouldn't have been like run the marathon um, because that has a finish line, obviously, which is great to have finish lines, but what do you want to like incorporate something throughout your life? It needs to have like a little bit of like a longevity to like that thought process. Yeah. So I think right now uh, I'm trying to figure out like how to build that back into my routine, but not just running because as we talked to, you know, Matt and, you know, other physical therapists, they kind of mentioned how it's good to have like a long distance running season and then maybe add like more cycling or weightlifting or these other things. So I think I just have to come up with a plan, but yeah, ultimately I'd like to run a marathon in the future, but I'm going to take a little bit of a break from the long distance running for now and maybe focus a little bit more on strength, at least in terms of like physical goals, but Absolutely. Yeah, I, I completely get the seasonal thing too. Like, I, to be fair, would also do long distance and running again. However, my inkling and thought right now is definitely not running. I haven't had a run since the marathon. And maybe what's different for me, though, is I still have other outlets of physical activity. So I went to the gym pretty regularly for strength training before, and I'll continue to do that. So at least I'm staying physical and active that way and it doesn't put me in a position where I feel like I'm not doing anything and so that kind of takes away any uh, itch or strong pinging to get back onto the running track if anything it's it's a little bit of the opposite where I'm like oh maybe I'll uh, <laughs> it doesn't I don't mind the waiting a couple months till I see another another running track because yeah it was it does take it a lot of you and it, it is a big uh, physical challenge and your legs are a little sore for the two days after. So I feel for me, it's almost a period of healing until the next running season and kind of just allowing my body to be before getting active again. But yeah. Yeah, that makes, that makes total sense. I think what I struggled too with is like trying to find like one, a routine and two, like a balance between all these different interests. Like, you know, as you know, Trinos, like art has been very big in my life, music. Um, I, I started a, a film course and I think I will say that a committing to a goal like the marathon, I did put a lot of time into it and I sort of like by default had to neglect some of these other aspects of my life. And I think that's something I like continue to, I don't know, try to like figure out, like, obviously you can't do everything all the time, but how do you like balance those different things and like nourish those different aspects of your life? I think, I think I struggle with that a little bit. So yeah, I'll have to, I'll let you know if I come up with any solutions or tricks, but I'm, start, I'm sorting through that right now. No, totally fair. I, I guess for me, I don't really have any other 
strong outlets or big things that I do. This is this is very true, uh, audience listeners. Uh, Claudia, of course, as you know, bikes across the country, and she's done bachata dancing, and she's a singer on the side. So she's got plenty plenty of outlets to to have on her plate. Where I think for me, my big kind of thing was having this run on my plate. So and maybe improv on the side. So yes, I, I completely get where you're coming from in terms of having to prioritize items. I don't know. I don't know if I'll feel a gap now that I don't have the marathon on my plate, but we shall see where it goes. But what? how do you decide what's important to you, Claudia? How do you decide what to pick and choose and what you're going to do and not do? Yeah, I think I need to have a little bit of, what's the word I'm looking for? Intention behind that choice. I think, you know, I just turned a decade. So I'm in a new decade of my life. And I think that's the one thing I've always struggled with is I have made those choices without a lot of intention behind them. It's just sort of like, okay, this person is pushing me in this direction. Guess that's what we're doing. <laughs> and then just by default, like you only have so much time in the day. You know, I, I would say that's kind of similar to this run. You asked me if I wanted to do the run and I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> and then realized kind of the reality of that meant giving up some other things just by the nature of, you know, life. So I, I, I don't have like a great response to that or good advice for that at the moment. I think, I think it is important to think about what your intentions are and like what your goals are ultimately. And I think with anything, like if you want to be successful at it, it does require a lot of no to other things. And I'm like, I think we talked about this several times, like I'm such a yes man of a person, but that also means I lack a lot of boundaries. And I think I don't always know how to protect my time for the things that like long-term are like what I want to do. So kind of like in it for the long run, like you have to think about like life a little bit too. And like, what, what is it that you want to have or like accomplish um, long-term? And yeah, that's, I think that's something that I'm still, I'm still learning. So I think I don't know that, if that was, was a <laughs> overword worded uh, explanation or not, but no, I feel like that was an answer within itself, right? Is finding the why and the intention. I really like that. Similar to you, you'd think because I was the one that suggested this to you, I had thought long and deep, but really it was just me seeing people run outside and I'm like, oh, that looks fun. Let me, <laughs> how hard can a marathon be? Um, so I think that's probably a really nice thing I'm going to take with me is that intention and getting more purpose behind these large goals that, you know, we come up with and decide and see, especially now that, like you said, we're kind of turning a new decade. So as we enter our 20s, um, I think it'll be a really good chance for us to to have more intent behind the things that we do. Did you say as we enter our 20s? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. We'll let that one mistake slide. <laughs> no. And, and I think, you know, not to take away from kind of like the the beauty of like being spontaneous and just jumping into something without thinking, because I think that's when you discover so much about yourself. But I think like, as 
you like become involved in other things and like want want to like get better at them i do i do think it requires intention but i think there is like a beauty in just jumping into things i i it's all about balance right and uh i, I don't know what the key to that balance is but <laughs> it is all about balance because both both i think are important and valid so. completely i completely agree um well audience two more quick points for you um listeners left right and center always pull me aside and say, Tronos, what's going to happen after the race? Is the podcast going to continue? Uh, Claudia and I have both decided that uh, this has been a season within the podcast. However, in it for the long run, as said in the name, by the way, is here for the long run. So uh, look out for future seasons that may or not be um, marathon related. However, that's something to look forward to. Yeah, maybe we'll have to do an episode where we pull some of our audience that you're talking about onto the cast and uh get their feedback i think that would be kind of interesting obviously we're always looking to improve and get the stories out there that you guys are interested in hearing so always let us know absolutely and the second point is just that we have a little little sneak peek a little tidbit off uh client eyes mini recording uh before the race the night before the race in saint george so we're gonna add that here to the end of the podcast just so you can listen into our, our thoughts and our psyche um as we're about to head to bed before the race However, it has been a fantastic journey doing this podcast with you, Claudia. Um, I'm excited to see where this podcast is going to go. I'm excited to do another marathon with you one day, future down the line. It, I, I couldn't have picked a better person to do it with. Oh, I'm so touched by that. Likewise, Stranos, this has been great. What a way to wrap up season one of In It for the Long Run. Thanks for everyone who's continue to listen and support our podcast we appreciate you all so much hello listeners we've made it to the final stretch this is in it for the long run the night before the race literally seven hours away and I am in St. George with the one and only Claudia Fermantric. We're here to unpack our final thoughts before the race. Claudia, what do you have to say? Well, I will say it's a lot harder to fake it when I'm chatting right in front of you. So I have to be honest. I think I think Trinus and I are like two different sides of a coin here. I think there is the what you should do before a marathon and there is <laughs> there is what happened and what the what the repercussions will be we'll find out tomorrow. So anyways, uh, I think you can guess what side of the coin I am and Tranus's, but yeah, we're here. It's good to see you in person after a week since I saw you in Seattle. <laughs> Fun fact, this is Claudia and I's first time recording in the same room. We've always had a virtual call, so it's kind of nice to, to definitely see in person as well. But yeah, I don't think I have much more else to say. Let's, let's kick this guy out of the door. Will I die of food poisoning? Maybe, maybe not. We had some very sketch Chinese buffet food for dinner, so... Probably not the wisest choice, but here we are. And 
I'm excited to not throw up, but make it to the race and represent. Yes, we recently, we, before we decided to actually record, we were talking about marathon strategies. And mine is actually going to be breaking the run up into six-mile bits. And I've decided that after 24 miles, I'll be upset. But until then, I feel like I'll be okay. But we'll see. I think that's a great strategy. And my strategy is just going to be to follow the pacer. There's a four-hour pacer guy that's going to be there, and that's who I'm going to follow. Funny story for the night. I did meet up with my mom for dinner, which was fantastic uh, to meet them, not the dinner itself, to keep clear. However, at the dinner place, uh, there was a man sitting across my mom and my stepdad, and he saw them talking to each other. That's it. And he goes out loud and says, Oh, you guys are making me miss my sweetie. And they were very taken aback by that, and he inserted himself into conversation at that point. And it comes to find out, this man works for the St. George Marathon. He's one of the massage people. So that's who to look forward to tomorrow after the race to, to help rub us down. This very interesting man that was sitting alone at the Chinese buffet this night. Thomas, that was a great opportunity to make a friend, to make sure, A, we get to cut that line, or B, extra five minutes. So like, hopefully, hopefully you made a good impression. Otherwise, I'll be disappointed tomorrow. Don't worry, I gave him one of my wontons. But definitely looking forward to getting rubbed down. He said there was, he did say there was going to be a line post race for the massages, but like, I'm going to do it. Unfortunately, I probably won't get a look forward to that since the massage tables will be definitely closed by the time I cross that finish line. Oh, St. George. <laughs> That's it for, for tonight, folks, though. We'll definitely catch up with you post-run, and we can probably add to this to our latest episode as our final recording before the race. So thank you for following us along this amazing journey. I would not have done it any other way or with anybody else. But yeah. I think there's only one way to wrap this conversation up. You got, you got this. this. <laughs>